I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm back. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter, aka X at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, you can find at Dash 37 Board 27. Gentlemen, the Jets played Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, Ryan Reynolds, Carson Daly, Carson Daly. Uh, Hugh Jackman, um, so, a million Sophie other Turner, people. Sophie Turner, right? You know, and the and the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but they they lost, they lost at the end of a heartbreaking loss, twenty three to twenty. Um, this was a game where the Jets were left for dead in a bloody in a ditch uh, when it was seventeen to zero. Somehow they battle back. They go, uh, they, 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 they get into this game in the second half. It certainly stalled for them a little bit in the second half, but we saw Zach Wilson come to life. We saw some interesting trickeration uh, or just, I don't even want to say trickeration, but just like uh, getting the ball to other dynamic playmakers uh, that, that people have been screaming at on Twitter for, for weeks now. Uh, we saw good offensive line play. We also saw some terrible officiating. Uh, we saw Zach like seemingly come to life. I, I want to. There's a lot of stuff to get to, a lot to unpack from this game, where it feels like, you know, who, who is this team? But I, I think we would be remiss if we just didn't start with the penalties, Travis. Like there were some just questionable officiating. Now there was also, like to be fair, uh, a called penalty, like a like a what do you call it? Like a, you know, unsportsmanlike a horse collar that went for the jets. That was a terrible call. I mean, I certainly took that one, but like that didn't even come in that, you know, that one call had just had nothing to do or just didn't even compare 
to what the Jets ended up having go against them at the end of the game when it all counted. Travis, talk to me about the officiating in this game, what your thoughts were, you know, do we blame the game and the loss on officiating? But like, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But just start on the officiating, what you thought when you're watching the game. You can't blame the game on officiating. You can be, you can certainly be pissed off. And I think all of us are pissed off. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it was, it was across the board. There was a lack of consistency, a hundred percent, you know, sauce was talking about nothing on that play was different than how he had played uh, the entire game. Um, the timing of that flag, we all saw mm-hmm. it went out after the interception. The when double the, clutch, yeah. The, the apparent. The Mackie Sasser, uh, the Mackie Sasser uh, penalty flag throw. Yeah. I got oh, yeah. Um, the, the apparent uh, holding happened maybe 10, 12 yards before the interception even occurred. Um, you know, there, there's a whole lot there. And, and you know, 10 full hat people I know. Uh, you're going to go with the script or, you know, the NFL is wanting that Taylor Swift money. And I get it. I think, I think you're giving him too much credit, uh, going that way. Mm -hmm. The officiating has just been bad for years and there just needs to be, I, I, I don't understand it. There's like no accountability for officiating. It's not what lost us that well, it might be what lost us that game, but as Josh will tell you more on, um, I'm not calling you a moron. Um, I realized I did not, I did not phrase <laughs> that, that well. Um, harsh. As, as Josh will tell you, as Josh will expound upon. As moron Josh will tell you. There's, there's more, Here's more on to Josh. it than just the officiating. Take it away. Yeah. I mean, obviously in, in that we're in the spot at the end and it's a brutal call. Like there's no, like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're, we're a Jets podcast. It's a brutal call on sauce. Robert Sala um, had every right to be as angry as he was. It turned the game. Everything was toast after that 1000%, but go back to the missed field goal at the end of the second quarter, go back to the Jeremy Rucker. It was Jeremy Rucker or Uzama. Someone, one of our tight ends dropped, yeah. dropped a very catchable ball. Like, we dropped an interception opportunity. Oh, CJ Mosley dropped one. Like Conklin, yeah. And so, like, there's moments that lead up to moments like that, that if if you kick that field goal, if you get this first down, if you score that touchdown, you're not in a position at the end to have a heartbreaking call completely change the outcome of the game. Um, and we're playing the world champs. And if you give the champs outs, they're going to take them every single time. Um, Patrick Mahomes, at the end, we are not the first. We will not be the last team that he – makes incredible plays with his feet or with his arm to win the game for the Chiefs. That's who they've been for the last 10 years. It's who they're going to continue to be as long as Patrick Mahomes is under center. So um, I was as incensed as anybody. Um, the hold on Juwan Johnson um, was maddening, um, maddening, maddening. Um, mm-hmm. Hands in the air looking at the ref while he's being tossed around by his jersey um, and Patrick Mahomes scampers for 30 yards. I mean, there's no – there's there's – Yes, those are awful, awful, awful things that have happened to your team. But we were in a position to win that game. A bad snap into a fumble. A bad snap, fumble snap, however you want to look at it. Like these little things add up to a moment like that that make a game unwinnable. So, um, yes, and everything in Jet fans today wanting to scream at the world and um, be angry, be angry. Um, but there were four or five things we could have done throughout that game to not be in that position at the end. If the defense shows up in the first quarter, we're not down 17 nothing. 
Like that's it's simply like we gave up six points to the Chiefs the rest of the game after the first quarter. If we don't let them score seventeen points in the first quarter, we probably win that game. Yeah, and if, uh, I think oh, go ahead, Travis. What you're gonna say? I was gonna say if baseball can get on board with like getting away from the human nature of of refereeing or umpiring in that sport, football definitely can. And and that's what yes. I don't get. There's no there's no push to fix these kind of things there's no accountability on these guys who aren't even this isn't even this is like their second job most of these guys are lawyers during the week or retired lawyers like it's not even it's not even they're not even putting enough effort into like being like this is your job all year long you need to be studying if you know how to be efficient and right with this um it's it's just it's insane to me i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Uh, on, on the public jet feed last night, Robbie Saba was talking about on the Jeremiah Johnson play, like two two specific aspects, which were not related that they that he discussed with Scott. But the first the first one was he said, like, you got to keep driving your legs, like, even if you can't. Like the the kind of flailing away on his head, like was you know, not effective. I think that's a great point that Sabo makes. Like, yeah, you got to keep driving, like to get that call. And he was just kind of standing there, like a lady hitting uh, hitting the tackle with a pocketbook or something. Like I don't know. It's just like it was a little weird, but like <laughs> it, it was it was a it was a horrible hold. Like don't get me wrong, it was a horrible hold. But to sell it more, you got to keep driving those legs, and that just wasn't happening. So that's the one side. The other side of it was though the scheme, right? Like there was no spy on that play, and I understand you want to get like max coverage on a what it was a third or third and twenty two or whatever it was. Um, like you want to get max coverage on that, but like 
to basically just not have a spy when it's Patrick Mahomes in that situation, like he's going to kill you. And like, you could see him once he, once he got past that horrible, horrible hold on on Jermaine Johnson, like uh, it was clear. It's like, he is going to make the full distance here. There's no way he doesn't make it. No one's there. No one's there. And so like, so it was just, you, you saw that and just my heart just sank in that moment. Um, but yeah, like I, that was some of the worst officiating I've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I, I think people were complaining about the grounding call. We haven't talked about that one yet. I mean, Ooh. it was on a line. It, 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 like, I understand why you would beg to get that one, but I but guess. But it's Patrick it, Mahomes. It, it, that's they're exactly not going to call right. that against him. That's exactly that right. Aiden McConnell, yeah. Aiden McConnell or O'Connell or whatever, or, uh, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, like those guys are not getting that call. Zach Wilson is not getting that call. Patrick Mahomes is getting that call. Tom Brady is getting that call. Like, you know, th- there are players or whatever, you know, of a certain stature. Aaron Rodgers is getting that call. Um, yeah, just, you know, like you got to move past it. Jordan always got the calls back in the day. LeBron got the calls like, you know, like it just, that's how it works in sports. And so like to call it out in that one instance is like, well then get the smart guy who's already like when he's going on his ground to the back is pointing at the running back. He's throwing it to, to like make his case before the play before, before he has even hit the ground. Right. Like uh, that's what was happening on that play. And so, you know, he's just going to get that call. So um, it was frustrating. I don't want to spend a lot of time on, on like, you know, referees and zebras, like it wasn't great, but like, I, I do want to move on to just some of the other aspects of this game. I know Zach Wilson, you know, took it on himself, took it on his shoulders to say that he lost the team, the game. Um, I think that's a noble and valiant thing that he's doing there. And it's a stark contrast to who and what he was last year in, you know, kind of similar situations. So like I, very much respect the fact that he stood up there at the podium and he, you know, took the blame for that. That said, um, you know, he played one of the best games of his life. Yes, it is. It is an inopportune moment. And, and that happens. I don't know that the Jets win the game if he, um, you know, if he doesn't fumble that ball. Um, it's certainly much more likely that they have a chance to win the game. But right to, to your point earlier. Josh, I think about the the field goals and you know some of the other things that were happening. Travis, your points about the missed, uh, you know, missed uh, missed catches and things like that, drop passes. Like, th- there's other things for that. But like, I guess my question is, when I see him stand up and answer that way, is he is he doing that for the benefit? Like, um, you know, is he dying for the sins of of the of the way of the way the game went for the Jets? Like just like on a surface level uh, or is he actually like internalizing that? So Josh, do you think he's actually internalized that? Like I'm the problem. Hi, the, I'm the problem. It's me. Like, is, is he, is that where he is? Or do you feel like that? Did was you do that intentionally? Sure? I absolutely oh, did. I absolutely did. <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> I it just came up I, naturally. <laughs> I had to take it. I had to take it. I That's had some organic it. bullshit right there. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of you and skeptical of you, just like I am skeptical that this is actually internalized for Zach Wilson. Um, okay. Here's here's my case. Here's my case. Um, he said something that tipped the hand toward the uh, BS meter when I heard him say it. He said, "This isn't on the defense. 
And it sounded like a, a direct, like, oh, yeah, a year ago when when I didn't mm-hmm. take ownership and, you know, hey, you know, the defense balled out and, you know, you you weren't coming through. And I forgot the exact line he said that, hey, it wasn't my fault. Um, it, it sounded a little too contrived yesterday to then use the same line you the and the the reverse line you used a year ago. Um, and so I, I, it kind of stuck out to me that he said it in a game where the Jets defense limited the Chiefs to 23 points. Like no one was questioning whether or not that was on the defense. And then you made it not mm. on the defense. And so it stood out a little bit as like, I was a little bit forced. Yeah. Um, he said, on, here's the, here's the quote. Let me, I'm, I'm finding it. I was, I was hitting the Google machine. Um, basically there was, I guess the question was posed to him. Uh, did did Wilson feel like he let his defense down? Uh, no, what's <laughs> the answer? I That's mean, there's, right. there might be more to it, but it was yeah. the question was there. The question was, do you feel like you left the defense down? And he said no. He said a, a couple other things, but uh, but the, the but it was the way the way the question was phrased to him was, did you let the defense down? Um, so, right. Yes. And so yeah, that's it. It set the meter off in my head as no, nah, I I don't. That felt a little forced. Felt a mm-hmm. little. I'm going to fall on this sword a little too harshly. Um, guys consoling him on the sideline. Like it, it all feels very coddled still. And I don't, I don't love it. Um, maybe he has learned and like, there is some, some part of him that's trying to be contrite, but it's still coming across with just weird vibes. Um, I it, listen, it's fine. You said all the right things, but the way you said it was a little bit like, I'm kind of doing this a little for show to 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 um overcompensate for where I've not been mature in the past. That's what it felt like to me. Would you go as far, Josh, to say that he's a sexy baby? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I I would say that if we were calling him a sexy baby, that the three of us might have some bad blood. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, all right. Enough. <laughs> enough. Enough of the Tay Tay. No, no more puns. I'm sorry. As the as the one tried and true Taylor Swift fan on this podcast, I'm pretty Ooh. sure myself, I'm even not enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. So so but no, I, I agree. I think it was it felt a little contrived. I think that's the word I'll use. And like here, let me be clear. Like, I don't want him to internalize this and turn into a sad sack. Like if if what we saw against a pretty solid defense yesterday was actually true. Uh, I mean, Travis, you talked about it a week ago. You said you saw some stuff from Zach, even in the midst of the New England debacle, that looked like things were starting to come together for him. And damn it, you know, the first couple drives weren't great for Zach, uh, but no turnovers, right? Like no no problems there. The, The other team just was going down and scoring on them. And then all of a sudden, you know, blammo defense, defense gets that safety and something clicks and, or just, you know, Zach is the, the adrenaline has, you know, flown through his system and now he's kind of playing at a normal pace. Like what was it that you saw in that new England game that made you bring it up that, Hey, there's something here. And then what was the continuation of what you saw uh, in the game against the chiefs on Sunday night? It, it's all about his release. Um, when, mm. You can see he and and you know 
we, we were talking about this like right before the podcast, and I kind of mashed it in with talking about the offensive line. And the offensive line is playing 10 million times better than than they started off the year. I love this the, this grouping, the way it's shaken out. Um, but he is getting the ball out quickly. Um, he's, he's doing what he should have been doing when the O-line was shit. Uh, but I think it's because he is getting some confidence in the line and confidence in himself. The game is slowing down for him. You can see that it is slowing down for him. He, it's not, he's not at a point where he's like hitting, you know, his third read every single time, but you can tell he knows where he wants to go with the ball without staring it down, without taking too long. Um, when he is flushed out of the pocket, you can tell and you can see that it's not his first reaction. It's not out of panic. He is he is going through reads. He is he is, you know, in his brain dissecting what is going on on the field. You can you can just see in the way he is playing and the way the ball is coming out and the way he is throwing the ball. There's a lot less of those low errant things. He's he's literally mm-hmm. just looking, seeing, reacting, and I, I think he even said something to this regard, like. Most of that game, he was, quote unquote, just slinging it. Um, the Conklin one, he said he he overthought the placement and kind of, of laser telegraphed that, you know, trying to throw it into an exact spot. Whereas a lot of the other stuff, he was just going off of his instincts, throwing the ball. And that's that's where a quarterback needs to be. You can you can see that the game is starting to slow down for him in his head. And And I could see that in the Patriots game. At multiple times, it didn't really come to full fruition. But that one drive, I was like, holy shit. Like, I can see the way he is playing. His footwork is better. His passes are are more on the mark. He's leading people properly. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can see that, that the game's just starting to click for him. And I think a, a part of that is, you know, it, nine-tenths of it is confidence. And, uh, you know, I think I think – having Aaron Rodgers back in the building did a lot for that. And I think he is Ooh. internalizing. Like one thing is, I mean, the dude's a 20 year old, 22 year old kid, whatever, 23. I can't remember how old he is, but you know, I've talked a lot. He's actually 55. About I don't know swinging. if you knew it. He's, he's 55. <laughs> he's actually 50. He's 50. Okay. So he's a 55 year old baby. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of talk about pendulum swinging on my part, you know, this, this yeah. season. And you know, that's that's his overreaction in, in that game. Like, that's him trying to say all the right things because, I mean, the kid's been, you know, I, I feel for the kid as a person. You know, mm-hmm. he's been he's been benched. He's been shit-talked. He's, he, every single thing about him has been questioned. He's got people like Rodney fucking dipshit Harrison, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. trying to bait people <laughs> into talking crap about him. Um, I mean, I feel for the kid. Uh, I really, really do. Like, yeah. and... I, I'm not saying he's going to be exactly what we hoped and wanted him to be. He's not not, not saying he's going to be a savior, but you can see that he he's getting his competent competency uh, to himself in in his decisions, and and he's trusting the people around him more. I think that's another thing uh, that that's helping. I think I think he's got more trust in Lazard, more trust. And, and Garrett Wilson and and more, I, I think that the part of what's come is this this accountability that's that's good uh, between those guys, and I think Aaron Rodgers is a big part of that, and I think that's why he's so confident. He knows if he fucks up, 
it's not going to be the end of the world. But when he did fuck up and it was that fuck up, that was the last time they had the ball, you know, he took it super hard and went out and, mm. and you know, he was emotional about it. You saw him on the sidelines, like Josh said, and, you know, I've, I've done that and I've had to speak to, to people before, you know, after, after shit in the bed on cooking a, a meal, you know, nowhere near what, uh, you know, Zach Wilson's dealing with, but at the same time, you've got to be held accountable in front of people that just watched you completely fuck up and paid money to watch you completely fuck up. And you, your, your brain goes to, to all kinds of crazy things of trying to make sure that you're taking on the load because you feel it and you say stupid shit. Um, so I really, I really think the kid was being genuine right there. And uh, I'm not a Zach Wilson apologist by any means, uh, as everybody knows, but I saw a lot of the kid and I was pretty, I was pretty impressed. And, and I think he is taking it seriously. And I think he's, uh, I hope, like you said, this doesn't smack him real hard in the confidence because I, I, you can see it building. Yeah. It, it feels like, like he has hit, you know, uh, like rock bottom, you know, like last week was, was rock bottom, like absolute rock bottom. I mean, I guess there are things that could go lower, but, but like that was the most vitriolic I've seen the fan base, I mean, you know, Joe Namath is coming off the top rope to uh, to just, you know, pile on the situation just for fun because that's what Joe Namath loves to do is, you know, speak his mind and, uh, and yeah, just, you know, tear down the Jets whenever whenever he gets the opportunity. It's, if it's not going well, he's don't don't expect Joe to, you know, hoist the flag like he's not going to do it. Um, other than Zach, though, Josh, the other side of like the guys ahead of him, it seemed pretty solid. I mean. Kansas City Chiefs have a pretty solid pass rush. It's certainly, mm-hmm. you know, not the greatest in the league, but you know, I mean, goodness, you look at their um look at their defensive coordinator, you know, Steve Spagnolo, like who has been around the league for a long time and is known, I mean, absolutely known. Think about, you know, what he did with I think it was that first Giants Super Bowl under Coughlin when they won the like when they won the Super Bowl, like he was I think he was running that defense at that time. And just it was like that, you know, Michael Strahan just attacking, 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 attacking defense. Um, and you know, just blitz, 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 blitz every play, every play, every play. And that has largely been the hallmark of Spagnolo's play. And they mention it during the broadcast um, mm-hmm. that like Spagnolo had to respect what was happening on the line. And yeah. behind the line with Zach Wilson, that he basically in that situation, you know, where he's licking his chops and getting his guys to pin their ears back, like that was not what played out at all. So, like, talk to me about what you saw from the line, and then we'll definitely, I definitely want to hear from Travis. But, Josh, what did you see yeah. what the line did and how that I, all worked together? Yeah. I mean, Trav can break down much more of the scheme. Um, but what I saw was in tandem with what, Travis also said about Zach Wilson's release. Like if we're getting the ball out under a few seconds, it does, it, it makes your line look good. Like if you can block a guy for three seconds in front of you, your quarterback has time to get the ball out. Um, that That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And so like putting those guys in a position to, to, to scheme up well, I mean, guys were playing, you know, guys were, I mean, Tittman had a really great game. ABT had a really great game. Um, to a man, everybody seemed like they were just having a really great night together. Um, and some of that's time in. Some of it, obviously, is that, um, you know, they're they're starting to hit their stride a little bit. 
Um, but Wilson's helping that when he gets the ball out quickly and it's not a sack and it's not a hurry. Um, then my goodness, like it, it, it makes that unit look like, like what, like knows what they're doing. Um, I felt really good about seeing Jeremy Ruckert playing. Um, obviously him, you know, the, the running game aspect wasn't, the game script wasn't really there for that. Um, it looked like we were just going to run that Aaron Rodgers West Coast offense all night. Um, that's what was getting Zach in rhythm. Um, Brees still only had, I think, a handful of carries. Dalvin Cook had a couple carries. Michael Carter got on the field a little bit. Um, so from a running game aspect on that offensive line, we didn't see it as we've seen in other games. Probably we'll see it against Denver. Um, this was not a night for that, but from a pass-blocking night my goodness did it i mean i don't think i heard chris jones's name once i don't think i heard um even carlaftis like i I didn't hear from these guys like we thought we might be hearing from them um in a steve spagnolo defense where you've got six seven eight guys attacking like you said those i I think it was early on that there was one one of those overloaded blitzes um it might have been the first or second drive and zach had to throw the ball away it looked like we were kind of in for the same evening we've had the you know the last couple of weeks um, but it didn't like the, the line really rallied, um, figured it out and had a solid night. And so I think that coupled with Zach getting the ball out quickly, that looked in rhythm. Everything looked in rhythm from an offensive line and quarterback standpoint, which is exactly what we're hoping to see if we have any hope of being a successful team this season. Travis, what do you think about the line play? Line play was, was great. Um, and I think a lot of that speaks to, uh, this is, you know, it's only the, the, fourth game of the season um but uh you know this was the first time i've seen hackett really really break out the green bay playbook i mean this was like a a hybridized version but only slightly of the offense that that he ran in green bay from what i saw and and that goes down to line play like I, i don't know if if uh he he fucking put Keith Carter in his place or what and if if so kudos but <laughs> you know those the, those cut blocks you don't see I haven't seen anywhere near as many of those which mm-hmm. which is not something that 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 fits into you know a hackett scheme um the you know the, the running plays the stretching the field uh left to right on running plays uh the sweeps you know you saw a lot of that which I didn't see a ton of the first few games you saw spreading the field both long lengthwise and widthwise, and you know, combined with with Zach finally getting the ball out quick with uh, with his reads, and you know, Tipman, man, I, the hat's freaking off, man. Like I, I loved that kid coming out of college. I loved that pick. That was my favorite pick. Like you know, uh, and it wasn't just because he was an old lineman. Like I, I had a lot of faith in him, and I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why this move didn't happen quicker I, if it had to do with you know development developing him as a center but based off preseason you know this dude should have been in the starting lineup from day one and he he's killing it at right guard Elijah Vera Tucker is my dude uh he is ascending to to Curtis Martin Nick Mangold uh levels in in my my heart and my mind um he's just killing it the only the only real weak link has been uh you know Tomlinson's had some some rough stretches and uh McGovern has had some some bonehead shit, you know, some bonehead plays, including that fucking bad snap. You know, uh, that yeah. wasn't all Zach. Uh, that was that was a bad snap, and there, there was there was a couple things happening there with with uh, him reading the defense when he was calling it on both sides of 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 being Zach and Connor. 
but you know the line played amazing and and it, it's reciprocal you know when when like you said when zach's getting the ball out quick they've got time when the running game is on they've got time and the biggest thing in the world the biggest thing that affected that game was the amount of play action that we ran and mm-hmm. I, I don't know why we haven't done that either, you know, to this point. But I, I do know that a lot of that play action that we saw was stuff straight out of the Green Bay playbook. And it seems like Zach gravitates to that. And uh, it's working. Or at least it worked this week. And hopefully they, they keep it going. But the line, I'm super happy with him. Um, Beckton in his natural spot, I think, is much better. Um, I've got much less worries about his durability over there uh, because of his where he's got a plant. So I, I think the line's just going to get better and we're going to cover up a lot of the deficiencies that Tomlinson has because of, of the play that's going on on both sides of him. Yeah, I I mean, you, you are right. It's a, I didn't think about it until you said it, but like there was not a lot of those cut blocks that you're used to seeing or we've been or we've gotten used to seeing the last couple of weeks. Um, it was a lot more to me. Like you tell me if I'm wrong, I'm not like a super strong scheme guy, but like it looked a lot more like a man's man blocking scheme, right? Where hundred percent, like, it was a yeah. lot less, a lot yeah. less zone blocking, which is yep. what, you know, Carter's Carter's been doing, but Carter doesn't have running backs mm-hmm. like Derrick yeah. Henry, like he had, exactly. you know, that's a bruiser. You Thank can you. run that. You, you, yeah. you, you can't do that with the three guys that we're running with, you know, um, mm-hmm. I still got issues with, with Dalvin cook, but whatever, but, uh, yeah, that's for a different conversation. <laughs> um, we got all of it. But no, like, there. I, I saw a lot of coaching to the personnel and coaching to yeah. the scheme as opposed to it seemed like there was a lot of people going in different directions trying to get to the same destination the first you know couple games and and I didn't see a lot of that this one but yeah definitely they they've moved away from that zone a lot yeah and I mean and I think it works well when you know you've got you know whoever McGovern or someone or Tomlinson or whatever and you know Tipman is coming over to help right like Tipman's you know gonna gonna double up on Chris Jones or whatever that that kind of a thing like that worked really well for the last night they actually showed cutups of those you know those plays happening and how they were able to like bottle them up during the broadcast and it was it was great to see that not a lot of cuts as you say and I think like maybe just a thing just to explain like what is that look why do you cut block versus why do you not and so so like writ large i'm going to go really big picture and just speed past a lot of stuff but the shanahan offense as it's classically defined as kind of as we know in the modern era you can think of you know what san francisco does you can think of what mcdaniels does in um in miami and then obviously all those offenses that you know uh the shanahan's have been tied to over the years there's a there's a tight linkage between Shanahan and another guy named Alex Gibbs. Um, he was kind of, you know, great coach for many years. I believe he played on the uh, on Washington for for years before that. He was a um, great offensive lineman, but like the cut block, the cut block is core to that zone blocking style. The trick is, as I understand it, is it's like if you're a Shanahan or a McDaniel's and you like understand everything and you've got all the personnel the way you have it, like want it laid out. And you and you are a like super sharp coach. Great, you can get away with a Shanahan West Coast offense and zone blocking scheme. But guess what? If you are not like excellent in all regards and have the the perfect personnel to match that, then you get what we saw like the first four weeks of the or the first yeah three weeks of the season, right? Where it's like it's a mess. You've got these guys cut blocking all over. 
the you know the gaps for running backs to hit are weird and spotty and yeah the team's just not equipped to make use of it the guys are you know kind of moving backwards in in many capacities and that's just you know collapsing the pocket on zach if you're not doing it correctly right so so anyway the, the point is like everybody loves the shanahan offense but like the shanahan offense also has to involve coaches of a certain caliber and players of a certain caliber right to make it work properly and so like i think we were seeing this like mimicry or aping of like what a Shanahan, you know, zone blocking scheme was, and it just was not working. And so I think, yeah, I think they just, to your point, Travis, like they just threw it all out and said, okay, like we got, we got to go back to some basics here. And like, what does every lineman know from the time that they're in elementary school? Well, they know man block. Okay, good. Let's just do that. Let's just do that. And then, yeah, we'll get some doubles, you know, where, where we need them. Um, yeah, if you if, right. if you can do the zone blocking scheme, it works great. But the thing is, if you're not great yeah. at it, it just shows every deficiency right. you have, especially especially up front and at the quarterback position. Correct. You can get around it a little bit with running backs, but like it's going to expose every single issue the quarterback's got, whether it be footwork, whether it be timing, whether it be slow reads. It's gonna put immense pressure down the line, uh, domino style. Um, if you've got one guy doing a cut block mm-hmm. and essentially taking himself out of the game to take one person out, you're down with you're down to, to four guys now um, blocking. Uh, and that's if you're just cut blocking one person. You know, it's it right. if you're great at it, if you're if you're good at it, go for it. But it's it just requires so much precision on six different people at the same time that mm-hmm. if, if even one person sucks at it. Or, you know, one one wrench gets thrown in the gears of, of a receiver, you know, being out of place. The whole thing's fucked. And and I'm glad that they're they're scrapping it. And and it lends itself to the impromptu plays that, you know, Zach Wilson actually does well. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think there was a lot of square peg round holing going on in that first first few games. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's the combination of two things. I also use, I, I use this analogy sometimes where it's like a balancing act, right? Like the, the, the quarterback, Josh needs to be on their game, know their internal clock, get the ball out on a special time, especially in a West coast based offense, right? Which is what the jets are running. Right. So like, you know, Aaron Rodgers talking about hitches and you get two hitches and then you got to go like during hard knocks, like, that is because it's a West Coast offense. West Coast offense is a timing-based offense, meaning you do not see the guy open. You throw to the spot based on the timing, based on the spot, like based on where you know they're going to be, based on where the defense sets up, right? So you don't get to see it. You just have to throw it in faith. And so we saw some of that last night. But like that's the one side, right? The timing base. You got to get out in 2.2 seconds. Get that ball out, right? Get, get to the top of your drop, two steps, throw, boom. Um, whereas you also have the line, Josh, right? And so like the line has to be able to protect the quarterback for that period of time to enable that timing offense to actually work and not get him and not have him knocked off his time before 2.2 seconds, right? So like, so if, if you, it's basically like if you have a bench press, like, and you've got ball, you know, you got like plates on the bench press and you pull all the plates off one side of the bench press, like uh, the bar, and then the, the rest of the bar just like flips the other way, right? It's like, that's what happens when one of those things is imbalanced. It all goes crazy, right? So I yeah. like, did you see enough last night to be hopeful about the next couple of weeks going forward against the Broncos and other teams that they have coming up? Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's also like, 
in all of these things we're saying, seeing the competent line play, seeing the scheme come together, see cohesiveness happening. It still is a good Chiefs defense. And so, like, they're they're able mm-hmm. to limit some things that teams like the Broncos are not going to be able to limit. Um, there are things that the Patriots defense is not going to be able to limit. There are things, you know, we've, we've got a really favorable schedule coming up, boys. And so, like, are the Chargers, is that defense scaring you? Is the Raiders defense scaring you? The Falcons, <laughs> the Texans? Like, there's Max Crosby scaring me, but that's it. That's yeah. all that's scaring me from the Raiders. And he's yeah. the only guy, right? And so, like, there's there's definitely the possibility going forward here that, like, as this line is starting to gel, as the scheme is starting to make sense, that, like, my goodness, all of a sudden, there's some very winnable games that we're, we're walking yeah. into with some defenses that have some holes in it. And so I'm feeling great. I feel like there's there's a lot to be excited about over the next couple of months as this schedule does loosen up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the the skill position players. We haven't really talked about them. So talk about what we saw last night from uh, receivers and running backs. Anything specific to call out there, Josh, that you you noticed or saw? Uh, I, I just want more Brees. Um, like, he doesn't look like he's at a full 100%. I know the one big run – um, and I was texting with my brothers during that play, and they're like, why isn't he cutting to the left? And I'm like, he's not 100% yet. Like, he's still probably 85% effective. And so a long run like that, maybe that took his pitch count down a little bit. Um, and I think game flow also affected it. But um, obviously feel really good about him. Do not feel very great still about Dalvin Cook. I'll let Travis uh, write his write his uh, <laughs> eulogy for, for Dalvin Cook on this team. Um, but then, you know, the rest of our skill positions, you're getting, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, um, Lazard has looked really good. Um, that, that guy is a lockdown, like, trustworthy receiver. Um, Randall Cobb still keeps getting a lot of reps, which I don't fully understand when you've got a guy like Gibson behind him that does things that Randall Cobb used to be able to do. And so it's looking like, man, getting Gibson on the field looks like maybe it's a little more of a priority going forward. Um, and listen, just I love anytime double-digit targets for Garrett Wilson should be locked into every single week. It should just be 10 to 15 looks every single week. Just get the ball to him because he's going to catch eight of them, and he's going he's gonna to be getting incredible first downs. That one falling out of bounds, the ball sticks like it's, like it's just freaking glue to his hands, doesn't bobble it first down. Like those, those are the plays that you need out of your star wide receiver. If you're going to have any hope in this league as well. Um, those are some of my overall thoughts, but yeah, I felt really good about um, where Breeze is at. Um, wanted to see him get healthy still and get Garrett Wilson, the friggin' ball. Travis thoughts. You know, I think uh, one of the, the big things that we saw was uh with with Hackett moving into more of that Green Bay style offense that that he calls that Aaron Rodgers has, you know I think there was that hesitancy with with being able to load Zach with the amount that they have now, which I know isn't the full amount. Um, but you saw that comfort level out of that. That was the best we've seen Randall Cobb since he started. That was a great game by Lazard. Lazard has been low key clutch uh, for the Jets in my opinion, and you saw a lot more out of them because we're we're playing to the strengths and the understandings of the people that are there. Garrett Wilson is just a freak. He's going to excel no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting we're getting into what what they practiced in the preseason, what these guys learned. We're moving into the actual offense. Like I I think that there was a lot of of overreaction on the offense's part on on Hackett's part on what can he put on Zach and how much um and I think that he opened it up and you saw 
you know, kind of a culmination of, of the comfort levels that, you know, the, the receivers have in this offense. Um, and that makes Zach a little more comfortable. And then their confidence, like I was talking about earlier, um, Dalvin Cook is dog shit. He is a one-dimensional fucking <laughs> piece of paper. Um, I don't know if it's hey, because hey, hey, he, Travis, he didn't do hey, – guess how many – Guess how many yard? Guess how many games this year he's averaged over four yards per carry? Guess how many games? Zero. That's correct. Correct. That is correct. Okay. Um, Dalvin I Cook mean, is limit limitless paper in a paperless world. Dude, I guarantee dude, he can't. He, 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 to me, he looks like one of those fucking kids in pee wee football to try to run through the freaking banner. Like that. That's yeah. him. Like he's one dimensional. <laughs> he can't cut at this point. Uh, he doesn't have the speed. He's strictly a freaking north-south runner that doesn't have the size to be a north-south runner. Like he is, he has gone seriously downhill. Um, I don't see much out of him. Um, the plays developing with him are too slow, which uh, bizarrely I think was one of the, the the reasons that we lost this game. On the flip side, the 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 Chiefs won this game because of their slow. Uh, slow developing running plays, um, but yeah, I, I it's uh, Cook sucks. Like I, I swear to God, I wasn't <laughs> super stoked on the signing. I, it wasn't one of those where I was screaming and yelling. But now I'm I'm just like God damn it! Like the what dude is made of this paper guy? and yeah. he can't it's run. Like, what are we paying this guy? Gosh, yeah, what are we paying him? Gosh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, to be I, fair, I do no. want more briefs, but I want more Michael freaking Carter, not in passing yes. situations because the dude's hands are. The flip side, they are stone. Whereas, like, if you played rock paper scissors, you've got our running backs. You got you got Brees that's gonna cut everything. He's scissors. You got Dalvin Cook who who's fucking paper. You got Michael Carter who's got hands of stone. We we got we got fucking Rochambeau like behind the line. Um, oh, maybe uh, maybe we might see Zon McKnight. I can't remember where he wound up, but if he's not on an active roster, like uh, keep, he's in the he's make, with the just, Lions, yeah, I, keep, I believe. Ah. Uh, Man, crap. Well, no, I hope bring, he's on their get, practice. Get Izzy in the mix. Like, Izzy looked yeah. great in preseason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been a game day inactive so far. I mean, one would think we're not that far away. I mean, I think, like, I'm just trying to look up Dalvin Cook's stats so far this season. So, like, 13 attempts week one against the Bills, and then, you know, successively thereafter, four against the Cowboys, eight against the Patriots in a lost cause, and then, um, and then five last night against the Chiefs. Jets only ran the ball, oh my goodness, 8, 13, 16 times as opposed to 39 pass attempts. Like, I don't necessarily hate that because, like, I don't mind them throwing the ball that much because they were pretty successful throwing the ball. Like, and yes, to the point of, like, um, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson from earlier, like, he had 14 targets on 39 attempts. Like, that's. That's 35% of the target share, right? Like me likey. Like I like when, when Garrett Wilson gets 35% of all thrown passes, like they're going his way. Like that's going to lead to good things, right? Of those 14, he makes nine catches. Like it's pretty solid. That's, that's the kind of stuff that we need. Um, so yeah, I like that. I mean, I, yeah, you mentioned Lazard earlier, right? He is very clutch in those kind of um, just, you know, situations where, he somehow gets free in, in, you know, in space. Um, he's a good catch. He's a good contested catch guy. He's a great blocker downfield, 
Um, so hopefully, yeah, we'll get to see see them all used more. Like you all mentioned Ruckert and then um, Gibson, like those two players in specific, like I think we all want to see more of them. Um, Conklin had a good night. You know, Uzoma's Uzoma. Um, but like, yeah, I, I would expect they're just going to have to find more ways to get super athletic guys like Xavier Gibson and Jeremy Ruckert involved if they want this offense to be dynamic, right? I think the problem with it is like it needs a little bit more space. It needs it needs to be opened up a little bit more. And someone like Gibson is going to provide that for this team. So, so yeah, I hope that uh, we get to see more of him in the weeks ahead. But, yes, you're right. Michael Carter is in like in theory great but um but yeah it's uh, i don't know i don't know he had that one nice catch kind of in the like where he leaked out uh like at the in the fourth quarter there and, and caught it across the sticks but yeah it's not um it's not as advertised or i don't know something so um so yeah what what else we haven't talked about the defense at all let's talk real quick about the defense any specific thoughts about the defense what we saw from them how we thought they played i mean Travis Kelsey was largely, I mean, I know he had six catches for what, like the yards, but largely he was quiet. Um, and there, there was like a, I think it was like a, almost a full two quarter stretch where he was just not involved. Um, Isaiah Pacheco certainly had his way with the Jets. He was probably the best player out there for, for the, in terms of like offensive production. Josh, any any thoughts on what you saw from the defense and kind of were they just taking what the Jets were giving them or what 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 did we see there with Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah, I, it's it's a little bit concerning to see our run defense. Um, like you know, Pacheco. I mean, it's a good offensive line the Chiefs have, um, but uh, and Pacheco's a good running back. Like he's 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 obviously like able to get on the field and play consistently and has that has that backfield on lockdown. Um, the run defense is a little bit concerning to me. Um, I think what we're seeing out of the secondary and a lot of our linebacking play has been really, really encouraging. Um, just we, like, even, even on the 30 yard, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, run that should not have happened because of that hold. Um, you look downfield and every guy is glued. Like there was glue. Um, in the secondary on every single possible receiver. Um, it's, it's a shutdown secondary. Um, the three picks week one against Josh Allen are looking much more like the norm than the outlier at this point. Um, when, I mean, five, we've, we've picked off Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen five times. Um, and so I think there's a lot to be super excited about with them. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about, um, our, our run defense. Our pass rush has been incredible. Um, so I, I, that's the one area that it's starting to emerge a little bit. Like you can run the ball in the Jets, and that's that's something that I think we're going to have to pay attention to going forward. Travis, is that is is that a due to the scheme? Are they like kind of enticing other teams to run the ball on them, or what? What are we seeing there? Uh, Travis is on mute. He might be in the middle of some stuff. So, um, oh no, no, no! Oh, I accidentally yeah. I thought I was hitting talk. Um, oh. Those two things are completely and utterly contingent on each other in the scheme that we run. Um, the 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 defensive line attack is so dead set on the quarterback. I mean, it's so quick. It's it's going straight towards quarterback. The guys are quick to get in the backfield. That slow developing run plays and this is what i was alluding to earlier 
or a dagger um, with with as much as we go at the quarterback. Like, I'm not saying blitz because we don't blitz that much, but um, you're going to consistently get five, six yards if you can if you can establish some running game. And, and that's going to be, that's just going to be like, that is the, the flip side. That's the, the Achilles heel of the defense. If you're going to dedicate those linemen getting into that backfield that quickly, if you've got some motion and you can slow it down on your end and you've got a running back that can stunt, um, you're going to be a problem for, for the Jets defense. Um, it's, uh, you know, you, it, it, it's that lack of balance, like we're talking about, uh, I love them to death, but it's oh, it's going to be that way until they they start accounting for it. And part of that is because we don't have that big guy up front. Like our our defensive line, you know, we're we're not we're not running a you know a, a, a nose tackle out there. We're not running a three four. We're Chris Jenkins. We're, there's there's no Chris it, Jenkins or Vince. No, yeah, no. There's no yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you know, we we've got fast big dudes. We've got long big dudes. Like we don't have a run stuffer dude and and you're not supposed to in 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 the way they they run this defense but on the flip side of that you're going to give up you're going to give up some stuff sometimes and mm-hmm. if if uh if you're not dedicating a linebacker to it you know you're 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 going to get hurt and that's where i think you know uh, swapping out you know people kind of uh hinders us in the, those aspects um but also the the lack of of uh experience or or decent play at the safety position and i'm not talking about whitehead for once like um you know we're we're kind of in a in a weird spot with that second uh second uh safety position with tony adams being out ashton davis got an interception and i i cheered momentarily um i still don't like that guy (laughs) and then you looked out the window and you saw a blind squirrel holding a nut you were like oh Mm. yeah 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 Correct, oh, yeah. correct. I saw an albino cow dancing in 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 the moonlight. Um, but uh, um, you know, it's it's just going to be something that that has to be managed until that safety position is in a better place. Because if you, if you watch, like on that play that you're talking about, where are all the linebackers? They're out in coverage. Like our linebackers are in coverage a lot, and if if the guys don't get home immediately on the defensive line, then you're going to be, you're going to be susceptible to these run gash plays. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened last night. All right. We haven't talked about the coaching at all. Other than the fact that uh, Robert Sala was very fiery at the end of the game. Um, <laughs> got penalized, which does not happen often to coaches. So shout out uh, Robert Sala getting penalized. Um, but, um, but Josh, um, let's go back to the, you, you mentioned, I think earlier, the, um, uh, the in the the end of the second at the end of the second quarter where the Jets uh kicked a field goal uh, clanks off the upright there um they're fourth and one in that situation uh yeah I if they make it's it's Collinsworth said it it was he his his commentary was perfect which is if they make the kick it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but they don't make the kick so therefore. In that situation, like just going back to that, do you feel like that was um, like defensive kind of, you know, conservative coaching? What what do you feel like led to them kicking for that? I mean, it was a long kick. Like I can remember like 52, 55 yards, something like that, uh, 52 yards maybe. So like, it, you know, certainly not automatic. 
Um, but yeah, you want to get some points. I get it. But at the same time, it's fourth and one, a long one, but fourth and one. What, what do you think about that situation? I'm trying to remember what the score was. Was it, was it 17? Uh, it was 17. What was it? Was it 17 or was it 17-12? It was 17-12 at that point. Yeah, Yeah. so I think I they're thinking, you know, like you would in an end-of-game scenario where if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, we need we need two-possession score and we got the ball down there, let's kick the field goal and then do the onside. No, pick. it was, just ball. to be clear, sorry, it was set, it was, it was 20-12. to 12. It was 20-12 okay, at 20 that to point because Bucker, because Bucker had kicked, like they had stopped. Mahomes at about two minutes, just prior to two minutes, and then they kick. So it was twenty to twelve at that point. Yeah, I, I think knowing that you're getting the ball on the other side of halftime felt like okay, let's let's, let's get some points on the board. Um, we don't really have to push right now. Also, like to, like back to our point we were talking about earlier, like the way that our offense was humming with that West Coast offense, like it. I don't know if they just felt not comfortable in that moment. Let's run the ball. Um, on a fourth and one play right at the middle with Brees. Um, I don't know. I, it felt like let's just get some points on because we're getting the ball right back. And so we're not going to be in a worse position either way, unless Patrick Mahomes had come down and, and scored some points right before halftime. Um, so I, it's defensible. I'm not mad that they didn't go for it in the moment. I always want the team to go for it. I'm, not, I'm mm-hmm. just always that guy in the moment. Um, but kicking a field goal or getting a field goal attempt there, cutting it down to a five-point game, you know, it was not going to break my heart if he made it or missed it. And it was not, you know, I, I, again, end of the game it matters because then maybe it's 23-23 and, you know, it's a different feel those last three, four minutes of the game um, instead of the Chiefs protecting the lead. Now they're trying to actually score some points. We might get the ball back sooner. Um, obviously it changes everything from that point on anyway, but um, was not was not moved either way, feeling like it was a terrible or brilliant mm. attempt. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I want the points. I always want the points. Um, and yeah, I think you want to go in and kind of feel like you've got some momentum. So I understand going to kick there, but yeah, at the same time, it was like kind of demoralizing to have it do what it did. It was like the worst way I could have worked out. Like even if you just extend it and then aren't able to kick it, fine. But um, but yeah, it was that was definitely frustrating to me. But I'm I'm with you. I'm always I'm always gonna say in the moment, go for it. All right, Travis, last question before we get out of here. Um, there, Okay, when Aaron Rodgers in, is in the building, um, this team plays competitive football. Um, shout out Roof in our, in our, um, in our <laughs> guest chat. text. Uh, like, is Aaron Rodgers the coach of this football team? Hell, uh, well, <laughs> that's actually a really, really good question. Uh, no. He is not the coach of the football team. Okay. He okay. is. He is he is, a totem? Is he a totem? Is he a good luck charm? What, what is Aaron Rodgers and why is he's he not the building? It works. The totem. He is the 80. He is the proper 93 octane gas that the engine needs. No matter how mm-hmm. it gets it, as long as it's there, it's going to be fine. When you reduce it down to, you know, an 87 octane Zach Wilson, you just put a little bit of the fuel additive in there instead of getting the 93 at the gas station, yeah. and then you're mm-hmm. back up to it. You may not be getting the full bore, but you're getting it. Like, uh, just as a he, – he's the sage, I'll say. Um, he's the guy that's there that makes everybody feel comfortable. Like, I've got a guy on the Cooks line that, you know, he – regardless of if he's hurt, if he's whatever, if he's here, 
He could be working meat. He could be working saute. He could be doing prep in the back. If he's here, he's even keel. He understands what's going on, what's needed out of it. Never too high, never too low. And it is there. Just just being there makes everybody everybody feel chills everybody else out. comfortable, yeah. calm. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, like we've got this. Um, there's just people that have that 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 just exude that, and I think that's one thing that Aaron Rodgers does. Like. Uh, whether he's on the field or not, like knowing that he's back there, knowing that he can, you know, he can immediately tell Aaron, or I'm sorry, uh, Zach, you know, Hey, you know, that, that play that you just did, like, I would have, I would have, uh, I would have hitched and then, you know, went to the, went to the third, uh, you had, you had the third guy, you know, it's those kind of things. And it's just easier, easier to listen to somebody that's on a, a close to the same level as you are than someone above you telling you those things, because, when I'm telling a line cook, hey man, you uh, can can you not bring me those peppers right now? I, I'll call when I need them. Automatically feels like authoritative. But when mm-hmm. that dude I'm talking about on the line is like, hey man, like don't don't give him those peppers yet. Like it's like okay, cool. Like that dude's looking out for me. It's not like a a reprimand. And yes, you know I think that's one thing that he brings to it is like it's it's he's just like the sage of it. Okay, all right. Josh, thoughts on, on Aaron Rodgers I, as coach? Or uh, I, is he the Phil Jackson spiritual mentor? Or what, what's going on here? He's he, he's he's the vibes. Like, he, you are right, Travis. He is the vibes. And so we're going to rise and fall on his vibes. There was a shot of him. I don't know when. It might have been after the fumble. Um, they shot up to him in, the, in Woody's box. And with the mustache, hair a little bit disheveled, sitting back, I just thought, man, he is – he has really like enculturated himself to what it is to be a Jets fan. Like he looked like all of us. Uh, <laughs> he just, he personified every Jet fan I've ever known. We all kind of in different, we're all different versions of like a Dave Wanstead. Like we all have a little bit of a, like there's just that 1980s Trans Am look in every Jets fan's face. Uh, and so like he, he, He's enculturated himself. He has embodied what it is to be a Jet fan. He's the vibes. And so when things are good, I think you're going to see a very excited, exuberant uh, Aaron Rodgers. When things are not great, you're going to see him quietly, like Trav just said, sidle up to some guys and give them some tips. Um, it would be nice to see him maybe referred to, um, you know, like if he's consulting with Nat Hackett, I'm assuming that they're still talking regularly about game plan and scheme and guys on the field and blah, blah, blah. Um, I would love some of his input, um, you know, for Nat Hackett. Um, I think that's always going to be a a good sign for a guy like Nat is to have a guy like Aaron who can, he can bounce some ideas off of um, and get all of his, his gold member references off on so it doesn't start rubbing the team the wrong way. Uh, I, I just love him around the team. It's, it's just such an addition. Obviously, like Trav just said, he's the, he's the fuel you want to be putting in the car, but the gas station's all out. And so you got to go with the 87. I, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. So Rogers will be back with the team. According to reports last night, uh, week seven is when he will permanently be back with the team. I don't know if he'll be coming back for all the other games. That's unclear. So obviously, you know, Broncos this coming weekend in Denver, then um so it sounds like he's probably not going against the around. eagles yeah yeah like so i, I don't know what all is going to happen but but like the the idea is that he will be with the team and traveling with the team i'm guessing come october 29th giants so um yeah just real quick like if you look at the schedule we talked about you know you know it gets pretty 
flat. Like some of the teams that look like <laughs> dogs are, you know, are, uh, are, are rising up, let's say, I, I, I mean, dog in a bad way. Um, but like, you know, a team like the Texans where I was like, Oh, just insta win. Like, Hmm. Oh, maybe not. Man, that game might need to reconsider wins and losses on that. But regardless, however you see it, like, I know this team is one and three at this point, but like there still is a path to 10 wins. Um, if right, if what some of what we saw last night is real, if this, if it's not real, then, uh, I, I, I don't think we're going to get there, but, um, but if it was real, if, if the line can block and Zach Wilson can get rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds, like they're going to have a chance and they're going to have some teams up ahead of them. You know, starting with this weekend, their trip to Denver, uh, against the Broncos who got their first win, uh, against, against the bears, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, not a thing. Um, so anyway, uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, we're going to be here for it. Um, you guys are my vibes. And so I just want to say thanks. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for taking an hour to go through all this with me. Um, I I think when Aaron Rodgers' Achilles exploded, I was like instantly just put into a deep depression. Um, and it's I've been there since. But like watching that game against the Chiefs, it was like, okay, maybe there's some hope. Maybe there is actually some hope here. So um, I hope that we will see some good football, at least contending football. Um, the rest of the way here. So um, excited to do this again next week. Um, but until then, I guess, thanks. Make sure listeners make sure to rate and review the podcast. Um, I know Scott's doing some cool uh, giveaway stuff. So check that out. And then we will see you next week after the Broncos. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.